With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gather around your speakers, hoop heads. It's NBA story time. Jamel Johnson here to spin you tales of NBA shenanigans you didn't know you needed to know. Like that time when a little startup league tried anything to be relevant. Or when Ricky Davis earned himself a dumb nickname. I also love you, Ricky Davis. Catch a new tale on NBA Storytime every week, then listen to the post game where I break it down with comedians, ballers, and what have you. Find NBA Storytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. In this episode of the Washed Up Walk-Ons, we discuss the victory over Illinois this weekend, moving the Hawkeyes to 5-2. and two. Spencer Petras started to come out of his shell. What does that mean for the Hawkeyes moving forward? What does the quarterback race look like? We talk about Torrey Taylor, the offense, the Wildcat, the defense, lots of things to be excited about. Let's have a freaking day, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, Watch the Block on Fan. This the episode that I have been waiting for, episode 169. And if you thought that possibly I would have matured in the past 18 months between episode 69 and 169, bitch, you're wrong. I'll never grow up. But uh, everybody loves a little cunnilingus, so am I really that wrong? Uh, at the end of the day, but uh, really that's all the 69 jokes I have for right now. I'm back here with my two friends on our podcast on this beautiful Victory Sunday. One of us is very well marinated from the night before, and I think it's time to get into this thing right now. Let's go. Okay. Well, Kevin. Yeah, uh, how's it going? Kevin, why... 
Kevin, let's think back. Why? What was it that were we forced into friendship with Drake, or how did that happen? You you were you were his roommate. Yeah, I got to talk to Chick. I think Ejiaski, who just had a birthday, by the way. Um, happy birthday, Chick. Happy birthday, Chick. Absolutely. Huge happy birthday to Hick or to Chick, dude. I miss that guy. You just call him Hick. Yeah, I, I left the sea out. I don't know what happened. Hey, happy birthday, Hick. Yeah, I think it was the happy, and yeah, I just missed the sea there. For those that don't know, listening, um, many of you more familiar, especially with how uh, active Iowa football has been on social media the last few years, uh, Chick Ejiazi used to play for uh, the Hawks. I believe he graduated in, like, 02. He was, like, in Ference's first four years. Um. He was the player when we came into the program, or the guy who was uh, who was in place of Broderick Bins. So um, we had a lot. Chick was Chick was a large part of our of our being sane in the program. Basically, uh, man, I'll never forget. You know who has that job now? Sam Briggs, right? He still has it. Yes, sir. I love. I love. There may not be a better job for a former player within the program. Um, no, I feel like you have to be a former player for you that have job. To, you have to be because the ins and outs of, of everything you have to, like, you, you just have to bend on the other side. I don't know if you could ever have a non-former player in that role. They wouldn't be as good at the job. And Sam Brinks, um, aside from him just being a better worker, a hard worker, better special team football catcher than me, uh, he is an incredible dude, and 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 will probably crush that job uh, for as long as he wants to. But Chick moved on to the Tennessee Titans um, to basically do that role for them, I believe. Um, and good for him. And it was just his birthday, but um, he was the one, I believe. Maybe the coaches. Ha- I don't think the coaches really give a shit. They they placed Drake and I together as roommates, which of course. I mean, does this podcast even happen if that doesn't happen? Like, the, the whole shift of the world could be different. It's the butterfly effect, man. Yeah. And uh, and N320 was born and really lives on an infamy. Infamy. Uh, those who are familiar with Hillcrest, which many of you are, whenever we mention it, there's always somebody who's like, oh, I remember Hillcrest in 1986. It was – I would walk through the quad – now the quad's gone. Everything's changing. N320, we would wake up to Miley Cyrus every day. Shout out. And uh, that was lit. Miley Cyrus now sounds like a like a construction worker that's 65, <laughs> that's 65 years old. Uh, I listened to her podcast on Rogan, and it was, uh, it was pretty funny. It was entertaining. We're coming off a little 5-2 and two weekend, boys. 5-2. and two. Did you think it would happen? Thoughts, initial thoughts by the guys on this one. Never a doubt, boys. Never a doubt. It hasn't. It, it feels like every game there's been something where you could like kind of make that that little funny tweet, like never a doubt. Uh, I mean, a tale of two games. I, I thought this. I thought honestly, this game at a micro level was almost like a direct representation of how our season has gone. Like, good. like, started out 0-2. We're on a five-game win streak. This game specifically, we start out about as dog shit as you could. Literally 0-2. And then go and on, then a we five went on a five-game win streak. streak. Yeah. 
it was uh, <laughs> it was like it was like the sixty minutes of reliving what this last seven weeks has been. I don't know if that's if there's anything more twenty twenty than that, but um, Kev, I, I saw a lot of. Uh, we'll start with this. I saw a lot of people like asking if there was if there was really any uh, defensive adjustment or if it was just was it just that the guys were playing better and just and just grinding it out more. Um, how much do you attribute Iowa's Iowa's defense? First of all. There was a stat that came out. We're now 21 games in a row that we've allowed less than 25 points. The next best team in the country, uh, their their streak for under 25 points is Alabama at five. Maybe the most absurd stat, like in the entirety of sports. Um, yeah, that's for, that's for Power Five teams. Yeah, I saw that as well. I think uh, Tulsa has like seven or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some some others not group of five teams. Yeah. But how much yeah, do you pretty awesome stat, right? insane stat? Like, if you've got a defense that can do that, you're even if your offense is just okay, you're going to win ball games. Kevin, what do you think? What do you think? Because you played on the defense. Um, if I yeah, remember, kind of. I think you were on the defense. Uh, you, how much? How much? Kevin has said kind of. He didn't diss the shit out of himself. I mean, he, I don't he, know he, he, started, that. he definitely <laughs> started that one game versus Northwestern. Um. How much is it just the guys getting into the flow of the game, getting their feet wet a little bit, and just like kind of putting the foot in the dirt, or how much how much adjustment is it? Because I think there's a lot of speculation between fans of like, well, what did we do differently when it was 14-0 versus now it's we don't give up a point the rest of the game until we put the the second strings in. What what does that look like? Yeah, so um, it depends. Uh, sometimes. Early in the game, it's just uh, guys being out of position and misassignments and miscommunication. That's how teams break plays off. Yeah, and sometimes they have you schemed up really well, and that's when you have to make your adjustments. So, uh, usually starts up front with the D line. If uh, if they're doing something blocking scheme wise, that you have to change up the front a little bit. And from there, if uh, you need to get a better coverage, maybe get like another safety in the box or something, then you then you, then you adjust it that way. Honestly, what I saw was. Illinois is just making good plays early in the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that that running back caught an incredible pass versus the. Uh, oh yeah. Ben the touchdown on a wheel or route. not not the touchdown, but the. Um, the wheel route. Yeah. Like Thirty yard play or something like that. On a uh, on ben, on Benson, I think. On Benson, yeah. And then yeah, that Irv Steer made made an incredible catch for a touchdown. I'm just like. Good coverage. I don't know what you want. Uh, I think was it Riley Moss on coverage there? Maybe I can't remember, but it was an incredible play. Like, what do you what do you want it's to like? What? Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just gotta tip your hat to the other to the other team. You know, they they got good athletes. They make plays every now and then too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't on the sideline. Obviously, I didn't really see them doing a whole lot differently. I think they. I mean, they're playing what's called down defense uh, a lot to begin. And uh, I don't know, they kept doing that throughout the game. So I don't know if they really made any huge adjustments or um, maybe maybe they're seeing some formations they hadn't seen before. Like Illinois lined up a couple funky formations. And then they just like say, hey, calm down, so we're going to do against this. But uh, 
no, uh, Phil had the had the safeties down in the box a lot. So yeah, hey, if you're gonna be you gotta be not throw against us. And, you yeah. know, Peters early in the game, I think he was like third lot eight for eight. Like, oh, yeah, he was balling. I I think I think it's something that goes a little bit under the radar sometimes is that whole is what you pointed out, Kev. Sometimes the other, you know, like we always say, they're on scholarship too. They have coaches who are getting paid a bunch of money too. Like sometimes it's you just got to accept that this is a football game. Like it's back and forth. Guys are going to make plays. It just sucks when the other team is the one making plays and you aren't for and it's and it's lopsided. I think what seems to be a I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it almost seems like this defense kind of gets there. They just they just need a few plays to kind of you know shake off that that warm up rust, and then it seems like they start to come downhill and make decisions a little quicker. I I don't know if that's true or not, but it it, it would appear that way. And I think you're right. I think I was really really impressed with that running back early on in the game. Like that guy, he's really good at finding a hole and getting downhill quick. Um, yeah, he made some really nice cuts, and he was a tough runner, too. I, they showed him in the warm-up and, like, kind of a close-up, and I was like, damn, this dude's kind of jacked. Like, got a little bit of a stallion back there. And the, the you know, I don't know if he's a guy who, out in the open field, makes a ton of guys miss. He didn't really have a ton of chances. But that initial cut, if you got a guy that goes downhill fast and can find a hole, just, he just needs a little bit of space. A guy like that can get you five, six, seven yards because it happens so quickly. And we were getting gashed a little bit early. Uh, eventually, we, we plugged that up. Similar on the offensive side, Goodson has, you know, this game started for us a little slower and picked up as it went along. Um, it's almost like he needs to, he, he like eases into the game too and gets better as it goes on. Drake, what do you think about what what do you think about that? Like T good or like an offensive player kind of just getting a few plays under the belt, getting popped a, a couple times and then like settling in. Is, is is there something to that? I don't know. Uh our offense didn't play very well as a whole in the beginning of the game. It was no one particular player's fault. I'd say that everybody was doing their fair share of underperforming. Uh don't think it was necessarily him. Uh, I think I saw a quote from Linderbaum after the game that said the exact same thing. He was like, you know, the offense as a whole, we weren't really doing our job. It wasn't just Spencer. And we'll bring it to Spencer because he was absolutely getting – I mean, there's been plenty of times during our career and even since then in the last three years of people getting absolutely pummeled on Twitter – uh, for their performance, uh, you know, I can think of the Nate Stanley game against Penn State, where we literally made a basically the whole podcast after that game was uh, was like a calling out the the Nate Stanley haters. Uh, that was a really fun one to do, by the way. Uh, and then, that was back in the early days, boys. That was yeah, like six. yeah, it was like it was early on, and and we got we we kind of went after the fans, and it was. Um, yeah, is you know people still give a shit for like being homers. Uh, I was like, okay, I mean, uh, we're not going to do that for Spencer Petrus here because it's just not necessary. But um, Spencer was, I mean, and rightfully so, it looked bad early on, and we were almost, we were almost to the point. Like, I, you, you guys know, if there's anybody on Spencer's side, even though the last three or four weeks I've said like, you know, he's just not doing what he needs to do. Um, if there's anybody on his side, 
I was I was basically to the point where if KF would have thrown Padilla or Hogan out there, I I wouldn't have been um I wouldn't have been like uh what ifing if we kept Spencer in Five. because there was there was nothing you know he wasn't he there was zero production and Twitter was fully on the side of Padilla and them and uh, we you know we stuck with Spencer. Eventually, let me pull up. I've got the play-by-play here. You know, our first three drives are three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Six plays, punt. Oh, and then four plays, punt. Finally, uh, with 335, or or no, this is just how long the drive was, but finally with uh, nine and a half minutes left in the second quarter, uh, we, we, we get something going, we find a touchdown, of which Spencer ends the drive on a nice little pass to Goodson, then a nice pass to Amir, and then a really nice pass to Laporta, who makes a play and gets into the end zone. And it seemed like from there, something just kind of caught. And uh, and we really didn't look back. I believe after I believe once that drive happened, he finished 18 of 25 for two, like for basically his stat line. Like he had all of the stats that he had within two and a half quarters. So. I, again, I don't think this is a this is a uh, an, an instance of oh Spencer's good like he he everything clicked. Uh, I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter like oh yes Spencer finally grew up like he matured into the quarterback he's finally showing that progress. I don't think it's it's not as magical as as we hope that it would be like you're still going to see some struggles next week against Wisconsin like he's going to make plays that he's made plays all like all season hopefully. He did find a little bit of comfortability, but I don't think it's just a snap of the fingers thing. Uh, pretty exciting, guys, once we started to open it up a little bit. Um, you know, we, we, we really spread the ball out pretty good. I mean, what, do you, what did you guys see from Spencer specifically that, that changed? I, I don't know. I, I, I was just shocked at the complete turnaround we saw from the first quarter to the rest of the game. Right. Because – uh, you said that first quarter, man, not good. Balls were in the dirt, didn't look comfortable. Um, you know, KF had to give him like a little uh, little pat on the back, tell him it's going to be okay. And then, you know, second quarter, midway through the second quarter on, he's just like getting comfortable. I, I think part of it was protection too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the line, he had, he had good pockets to throw from. Uh, but, you know, just finding the open guy and just making the throw. Just make the throw. You don't got to do anything crazy. Just make the throw, you know? I actually saw him underthrow a couple balls. He threw one to, I think it made a bit, might have been Laporta that got tipped and was, like, a little bit underthrown. And I feel like early on in the year, I feel like there is, like, if you really look, there is some development there where uh, a couple balls, like, were underthrown instead of overthrown. And I think that's him trying to take some off. And... I, he looked really freaking good. Like that pass to Buyer, the touchdown pass to Buyer, you could not put it in a in a better spot. Like, and, and that's why I tweeted. You know, I I was really trying to not get canceled this week on the Twitter. I I tried, guys, and I think I succeeded. I said Spencer is confusing as hell, and that was after the first touchdown drive because we had just seen it. The offense go like basically 16 plays and four punts. Um, 
Which feels bad, by the way. Feels bad. I mean, Kevin, can you imagine the pun alert anxiety that this team had in the first quarter? Oh, PTSD, boys. PTSD. I, I mean, it's like it's like it's like it's one of those days when the offense is having a rough day. And, you know, first down, you run the ball for two yards. You're like, all right, I'm just going to go start walking that yep, way. Exactly, exactly. For me, for me as a snapper, it was basically as we got the ball back on offense. It's like, all right, well, let me get a practice rep because I'm probably going out in about a minute and a half. So, uh, and, and when we say pun alert, I don't know if we've ever described that. Um, we for sure have. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure we have. Okay, for those that are new, it, it's basically what whatever there's a coach designated to gathering the punt group on the sideline. During our time, it was Coach Doyle, so uh, you know the intensity was was even greater. Um, he would put his hand up and just start screaming punt alert, and anybody who was basically a one or a two potentially could be subbing in for a guy that was on punt had to make their way there so that we could get you know. Uh, a little huddle up, talk about what we were going to do. And um, there, for some reason, there was just a lot of stress associated with it. I don't know why. Uh, because a punt is a very anxious play. There is so much that can go wrong in a punt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said it's the most exciting play of the game. I agree. I think, I think it all stemmed, too, from when we completely overhauled our punt scheme after McCaffrey took it to the house on us. Or what? Was it was no, it that we we overhauled it before twenty? No, no, no. It was we overhauled it when uh, Nebraska beat us with two punt returns. That's what we did. Um, God, that game in twenty fourteen was bad. Uh, and and then in twenty fifteen, that's when Wallace took over the punt unit, and we we made punt we made punt more important than offense and defense. It felt like. Yeah, we did because we put Josie Jewell on one of the worst possible <laughs> positions that you could possibly play on an entire football team just because they knew that they could trust the guy. Like, yeah, there's other guys that you can trust to get their face blown off as well, Wallace, not your best defensive player. I'll tell you what, though. For 2015, 16, 17, I don't know if I – I, the amount of trust and like confidence I had in our punt units, like the eleven guys that were running out for punt team, I felt like I felt like we were a team of gladiators, like that we were that locked in. Uh, Kevin was a part of that. Drake was a part of that. Uh, we had guys like Gervas, Josie was on there for for fifteen. I think they finally got him off there on sixteen. We got like Hewlett back there. Yeah, it was after he got basically knocked out one game on punt, and they're like, okay, well let's just not have our best player uh, getting killed on punt anymore. Yeah, uh, that was probably a good idea. The the shield, a very very important. Uh, it showed up in the Nebraska Purdue game. I don't know if you guys got to see any of that. Um, Purdue ran through the face of, I mean, just absolute horrible gap blocking by the Drake. You would have puked. It was this. It was that bad of of form and technique. Uh, and they blocked a punt and um, almost changed that game around. Although Nebraska and the and the Frosties, why aren't they the, the Nebraska Frosties? Like, and they're fucking like, can we get the ice cream cone as their mascot or something? That that sh- it shouldn't be a Husker. It should be a freaking Wendy's cup. Uh, or a snowman because yeah. all of all of Nebraska for the last ten years have been a bunch of snowflakes. Somebody listening, please, please draw up like a T-shirt design of the Nebraska Frosties and make their mascot like like an animated Wendy's Frosty Cup for me. We could sell the shit out of that. Um, 
But yeah, they had a punt blocked because someone ran right through the shield, and it was god awful. Uh, but anyway, we completely turned it around. Um, I mean, the special team started to pick up. Charlie Jones had another awesome punt return. Uh, he almost died too. Yeah, yeah uh, I want. Yeah, shout out to this kid. Balls he gets absolutely annihilated in a you know kind of a cheap hit, and yep. then like the next punt, he just goes and takes another one, doesn't fair catch it. And, you know, there's a guy in his face, juice him out, gets an extra seven yards. Yeah, he's got a fat like, it takes balls some stones. on him. It takes some stones just to go back there and catch the ball with everyone looking at you. And dude, he, dude, it takes and stones. And guys your face, yeah. It, I'm t- he gets knocked out. Yeah. And go back and do it again. Charlie oh. Jones is a goddamn warrior. And, like, for those wondering, even in practice, like when the jugs machine is rolling, it's like – it's a little nerve-wracking when you're just like – I would fuck around like in, in early pre-practice when we go out there and stretch, and, there's, and the returners, they always go out and catch, uh, catch returns and practice, you know, catching, and they do different drills. And, like, occasionally I'd mess around and, like, hop in and take a rep. When that ball gets soared up into the air, takes a freaking SpaceX super launch into the stratosphere, and it turns over and starts coming down, that alone is a nerve-wracking situation. It's like, it's your job to catch this ball. Then you add in the fact, like, and we've talked about it, that there's a team of padded uh, Brutuses running down the field trying to take your head off. I think Charlie Jones's mindset, I don't think fair catch is in his vocabulary. I don't think it's in his brain. He's any way, any, like if there's three inches of space, any daylight possible, he's going to make something into it. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, I want to interrupt the show to let you guys know that we are sponsored by Indeed. Yes, 2020 has already changed so many things in the way that we work. And businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient every day, which means that every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit for free at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now. It's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You just don't find that very often. Like, you just oh, don't. Right. Well, when you think about it, returns job, first, second, third, fourth, fifth priorities, catch the ball. Yeah. And you, you, we'd be perfectly fine with having a returner just call a fair catch, out of the ball every time. Absolutely. But, you know, he's finding that, I mean, that's hidden yards right there. Yep. A seven-yard return, that's almost the first down for the, for the offense. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's hidden yards and it shows up. I, I, I think that, you know, we had a couple miscues in our later years uh, with some returners um, where if they don't catch that ball, sun gets in their eyes, they don't get in the right position, they don't feel comfortable, they notice somebody's too close and they're just like, eh, I'm going to let it go. That ball hits and it rolls 10, 15, 20 yards sometimes. Like, oh, son of a bitch, God, grab it. That's like two first downs that we just gave up. There's like a three, there's like a two to three first down swing in a in a punt return situation that could potentially happen. So, uh, Charlie Jones, absolute weapon. Uh, I believe Tory Taylor uh, got another banana kick in, uh, beautiful, uh, right out at the five yard line, or they downed it at the five yard line. That guy's an absolute weapon. He's uh, naughty. Uh, cool. Are we, are we talking like, um, was it Ray guy consideration? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Is he in the, com- the national conversation? One hundred percent. I don't think uh, we've punted a little bit closer. Like we've had a few more plus fifties in the last few weeks that I've brought down his his numbers wise. Um, he was after the first two or three weeks leading the Big Ten with average. In fact, I'll pull it up. But uh, Kevin, a hundred percent. This guy is. This guy is. Um, what's his name? Tory Taylor. Uh, he is gray guy, best punter in the nation consideration, 200, 300%. And um, hopefully, hopefully, and I know that there are at least a couple on the committee that look at the situational punting um, that goes on. Uh, he is, he's, he's so good. And I, you have to watch him, and, and a lot of times only specialists can un- truly understand how comfortable this guy is back in the just sitting back there, but um, I don't know why I can't find his freaking stats right now. It's annoying as hell. Um, but he, he's absolutely – I believe he was named to the first watch list. Uh, I don't know. I, that, that came out this week. Um, absolutely. What's really unfortunate in the kicking game, and uh, it was something I was worried about with Keith actually going into this year, and now that Keith has missed a couple – some his own fault, some not his fault. Regardless, it's not going to really matter. Uh, is that you could have the best kicker in the world? In fact, I believe Oklahoma did it last year. Um, Rodrigo Blankenship, who, you know, to his credit, even though I think Keith is the freaking the the Lou Groza Award winner last year, he has gone to the Colts this year and been very good for them. Um, it was Blankenship, Keith Duncan, and then I don't remember who else. I think it was the kid for Washington. The Oklahoma kicker last year did not miss a kick. He was 17 of 17, and he wasn't even a final three because he just didn't get enough opportunities. Sometimes you can do all you can do, and because of the opportunities or the situations that you're in, um, you, you don't get looked at. And So it's, it's really unfortunate. That could be the case with Tory because a lot of times the Ray Guy winner ends up being someone who had to punt deep in their own territory often so that those numbers stay elevated because he's just trying to pound it as much as he possibly can. Uh, Kicking-wise, punting, uh, punting. We are in the lead still. Yep, so our average punt is 44.6. That's the best in the Big Ten this year. Um, and the net, and the net is um, – the net is also the best in the Big Ten. So, yep, he's still leading. 44.6 average punt, 43.7 net punt. So, that's, good that's, job, my coverage. That's, 
the cover team is insane. I tweeted about that yesterday as well. Tory Roberts um, is a really good special teamer, uh, and there's some other dudes. That, you know, we got <laughs> Coach Wallace. You found some dudes. Right. <laughs> and um, to put that in perspective, Purdue, Nebraska, Minnesota, those three teams have net punting uh, averages right now of 32, 34, and 35. So just in our punting game. We know alone, what that's like, dude. We've been there. Yeah, we, we, we and, and as, as much as I love the guys that I would snap the ball to, um, sometimes it just didn't come off the foot quite like it comes off Tory Taylor's. Uh, we're leading both both net and average, so that is, I mean, and that's, I'm, I'm telling you, that's with a bunch of plus 50s where he's had to just, like, kind of take some off and roll it out. Uh, he's, he's the best punter in the Big Ten, 100%. I'd have to look at the national stats, but if he isn't a top, if he isn't at the award show, which they probably won't have this year, it'll be, like, some virtual Zoom thing, uh, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, absolutely shocked. Um Moving forward, let's talk about defense a little bit, uh, a little bit more. After those 14 points, what do you know? What do you, what do you know, Phil Parker? Uh, it's just, it just never fails. Um, you know, Nixon making plays, Golston making plays. Linebackers are like the just like silent assassins on our team right now. Um, they're doing really well, even on that play, like Kevin mentioned. The, the wheel route on the running back, like, Benson's right there. Um, safeties, corners, everyone's making plays. Belton is an absolute – I mean, Drake, at this point, I'm a fanboy of Belton. Uh, I, think he might be, I think he might be my favorite player on the team. And when you asked if he's Cam Chancellor, I, I hope he is. I hope he goes and he becomes Cam Chancellor in the league. Um, I feel like that kid is – He's, when I watch him play, I feel like he still has 10 years of growth in him. Like, he's so – like, I feel like he's so early on in what he potentially could put out on the field. He almost had a pick six yesterday, and kid just plays hard. And I'm excited to have him on our team. I just feel fortunate. Thanksgiving. Uh <laughs> that was any a really other, nice monologue any, by you. Any other, any other special things that popped out at us yesterday? How about the Wildcat uh, possession that we yeah, had? Yeah, I'm thankful for well, Brian not being a little virgin anymore in his play calling and open up the Wildcat and all those fun little things. I mean, dude, when you got uh, Sergeant Goodson and Tyrone Tracy in the backfield, I loved it. Loved it. So, as a defense, that's scary because – and it almost happened at a perfect time in the game. It was this weird, like, okay, we're in the second half. We've taken control. You know, sometimes we've we've hit through the next punch and we've thrown a few punches and now it's 28-14 and now is, is, is it Illinois' chance to come back and make a little push here? And right at the perfect time, we pull out an entire drive. I'm going to go to it. Um, yeah, this is right after we stopped on fourth down on like our what, fifteen yard line, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So this is this is after Charlie Jones' big punt return. Um, and no, oh no no no, no it's not. The, yeah, no it's not. What? Oh, here we go. Ten play touchdown drive. Yes, this is what we wanted. So the the previous the previous drive was they had a fifteen play drive. Um that ended with no points. 
and you know the 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 Iowa defense comes up basically big. sealed the game right yeah it, it was a huge defensive stand great great job by the defense and we come out and uh, and uh, Spencer Spencer isn't in the game and I think the most impressive thing to me and maybe it's not that big of a deal but for an entire drive Tyler Goodson sophomore running back not in the quarterback room he's out there leading the huddle he's commanding the huddle he's calling plays like he's taking signs from the sideline like that is impressive and then he goes out there he only had three runs you know we've seen a lot of him fake handoff him take the ball he only had three runs and it, and they were later on in this drive um we ran an incredible uh, so so how do we how as a defense do you plan for shit like this you've got tyrone you've got uh a tyler and you've got Mackay in the backfield they run it out to the side and then they run a reverse to Amir Smith Marset for thirty yards the other way. Like this is a this is a situation where Brian is almost showing off all of the the shiny knives in his kit. Like you know what I'd love to see is if they ran if they had Tyler in, as the quarterback, the two guys off to his sides. They run zone read option the other way, but then he sneakily hands it off on the on the uh, reverse the other way. That'd be a sick play. I'll tell you this: there's a shitload of possibility uh, when you've got three guys in the backfield who can all just run the ball and be a weapon. Like they're basically three running backs in the backfield. You're and what you're running is the Heisman set that the that the Ravens have toyed with with uh, Ingram and uh, and RG three and Lamar. Lamar and when you do that, and then you start motioning receivers across. Uh, late in that game, I think, oh, I don't know whose touchdown it ended up being. There was a nice little play where it wasn't even out of, um, it wasn't even out of, this is the pre-snap motion that we've talked about. It wasn't even out of the, the Wildcat. We, we had a, a weird set in the backfield, and we ran a mirror through the set, like in between the running backs and the quarterback on a pre-snap motion, and then abs- and then handed it off to Makai going the other way, a play which maybe gets three or four yards if you don't, you know, potentially throw in that early motion. But now the defense shifts a little bit. Somebody runs with Amir, and now it opens up some space. We have it in the offense, and I don't know. How did we feel about Amir's ball security on his multiple touchdowns yesterday, Tyler? Uh, you know, I got a lot of tweets about that. Got a lot of tweets about that. First of all, a lot of people were like attributing. They like were like, "Oh, he's ducking it tighter." It, nice, thanks, Tyler. Like, I got multiple tweets like that. And I'm like, if you guys think that Amir Smith Marset is thinking about me in the middle of this game, it's like, oh, that Kluber kid told me to hold the ball tighter. <laughs> yeah, that's asinine. Um. You know, maybe maybe a coach talked to him, and maybe that was in his head. It did seem like he he held it a little tighter on on, on a couple plays, but that's probably just confirmation bias of it being a big deal over the last week. Um, I actually really enjoyed, and it, and it was dog shit ball security because he was just holding it out with one hand and kind of taunting the guy on the quick motion throw to him, uh, the t- the first touchdown pass. He kind of like walked it in and was talking yep. shit while he he scored the touchdown. It's a different situation there. Like, he knows that he's out on an island, and the only guy that's near him is three yards away, and he's looking at him. When he holds the ball out to the other side of his body, it's almost like it, it was like, hey, I'm scoring this touchdown. Fuck you. <laughs> and um, I honestly kind of like that. Um, 
Yeah, you you were a big uh, shit talker in your day. No. Me? Yeah. You talked as much shit as I did. I don't remember that. I mean, yeah, I... When you're only on the field for eight plays, you, you got to make it exciting somehow, you know? So maybe you call out some guy's mom or, you know, talk about uh, some guy being a little little chubbier than he maybe prefers to be. Uh, talk about what you're going to do with his girlfriend after the game, after we give him the dub. Yeah. I usually like to jump in on other people talking shit. Like, uh, and I, I the only reason was because I know that <laughs> when people see the white, the 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 long snapper five ten guy who gets eight plays a game step up and start to say something like, "There's something about that situation that just pisses people off on both teams." Our team was probably like, "Kluver, shut the hell up! Like you're the long, snapper. please stop talking." And the other team is like, "You're a fucking long snapper, dude. Quit talking to me. Like you have nothing." <laughs> and it just, you know. It provided a little entertainment because otherwise it was Fire just pun- up, dude. otherwise it was just pun alerts and freaking you know not having any kind of control whatsoever in the rest of the game. So uh, yeah, um, one thing that did happen this weekend, um, Iowa State they're locked in for the first time in uh, school history, I believe they are the solo leader of the conference as it heads into the final week of the regular season and the championship. It's just mind-blowing to even think that because they didn't start off good. They, they started off the year looking about like we did, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, granted, La- Louisiana Lafayette, I believe, is like 8-2 and two or something like that, 9-1, and one, or, you know, they're, they're decent. Um, and that loss looked a little worse as time went on. Iowa State 7-2. They're going to play, or 8-2 and two, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, they're going to end up playing Oklahoma, I believe, in the Big 12 championship. And I don't know how to feel about it. I, as a player, and out of respect for those guys who have worked their balls off to kind of turn that program around, and Matt Campbell's a good coach, I want them on the inside to experience what it feels like to, like, get that validation. Something that we never yeah. got. We were we. I'm down. Good. I'm down for him to win because if we don't play in our conference, we didn't play him this year. Even if we did play him this year, I think we would have won just because that's you know the big brother always finds a way to get it done. Like John Jones always found a way to get his belt back at 205. It's true. And the Hawks always found a way to get the trophy back. You know, barring 2014, we'll forget about that whole year in general. 2014 and 2020 can both get fucked. Um, so. We, we just know how to win there. But if it's not us that they're playing against, I genuinely want to see them succeed. They're, a lot of them are kids that come from the same background we do. Yeah, exactly. I, I want them to win for the guys on the inside. For what it's going to do to their fan base, I hope they lose. I, I Yeah, oh, the fans can fornicate themselves to the moon, then to Mars to melt from the sun's heat, then to Pluto to freeze into galactic Arctic shit. Okay, uh, that's one way to put it. But yeah, I, you know, the one year that they're—I mean, it's—it's it's potentially going to happen, and it's hard to beat a team twice. They've already beaten Oklahoma. Uh, I think it will be an actual really good game. Like it—it's going to be a great game to watch. I think. I, I think. Uh, 
Well, Oklahoma's gotten a lot better throughout the year. They started off the year really, like one and two, really yep. rough start. They've been playing a lot better lately, but Iowa State's going to have a week off. Oklahoma mm-hmm. has to play West Virginia next week, mm-hmm. and then they go to the championship. So, I mean, I think Iowa State's going to be the favorite. I think they are too. And you think they're going to be the favorite? Yeah, I do. I think so. Oh man, I think it's going to be an incredible game. I think that Iowa State. I can't wait. If they I mean, win, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like uh, the, the the incumbent who, like, you know, Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve almost every year versus the team that finally gets there. Like, you gotta imagine the the clowns are going to be more hungry. They're oh, they're hungry, dude. They're they're hungry as hell. I mean, imagine. Just, I mean, it's it's like it's it's like us in 2015. And for those players, I hope that they do not experience what we experience because that is a hurt that runs deeper than the uh than I than the the ocean. It is a depth of pain. Uh, and in a and I, I tweeted there was a like a retweet video. I guess it was. Um, five years from yesterday. Five years from yesterday that we played that game. What did you think of? Are you guys over it yet? No, I'm not over it. I'm never going to be five over years, it. Dude, five years ago, my soul died. Kevin, never. you remember You remember going up to the 21st floor of that hotel after the game. Yeah, let's just get, it, let's just get, get the uh, clear of the air. We all wanted to kill ourselves, and that's the only way there is to put it. Like there were, uh, it was never real. I mean, it, it, it was it, the 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 walls were ceiling to floor glass, and you're like, I think I could probably throw myself through this. There was it, it was legitimate, and it's not funny to joke about suicide. It is not that is not a, a funny thing, but the reality of it was there were some kill myself jokes after that night when we walked up into the into the into the hotel room. And we're just sitting there, like, what do we do now? Like, what? As it was one of the worst nights of all of our lives. It hurt really bad. And what hurt and so maybe I mean, worse was the fact that uh, Paul Federici got us cheese cold meat sandwiches after the fucking game. <laughs> I mean, that was a fucking insult to injury if there ever was. That's, right. that's a day when we needed Chick-fil-A snack more than that. I mean, Dude, God. Just think about this. Just think about this. Even if we would have won the Big Ten Championship, we still would have had the whack told me sandwiches. Seriously. <laughs> like, that would have been the victory dinner was the dog shit sandwiches. Walk on Army. I'm telling you right now, what we're talking about is we had just finished playing the biggest game in Iowa history in 10 years. And more. maybe more. Maybe the biggest game ever because it was the first legitimate championship game that we'd ever played in. Um, because before then it was just like regular season champion. But yeah, they, and to win you go to the college football playoff. And we go to the college football playoff if we win this game. And they served us what your grandma makes on Sunday afternoon for like, for like, hey, we're having turkey and mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> like, that was so bad. And maybe that's honestly what caused the suicidal thoughts. I don't know. Um... Where was I going with that? We're not over it. Clearly, we're not over it. I mean, Jesus. Uh, Iowa State, hope they don't feel it. For the fans, I hope that they kind of lose. But it would be funny if, in the only season that they ever win a Big 12 championship, it's the season it's that they happen to not play the Hawks. <laughs> like, how, how, how 
perfect. And the next ball, it's just right back to reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love it nothing more. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to watch. Kevin, it is a it is an interesting little anecdote that they get like a, a bye week to prepare for it. I my money's on Iowa State. I I can't I, I actually would depending on what that line is, I'll be interested to see the betting opportunities. But um the Hawks are five and two and one point away from, from basically going to the Big Ten championship this year, which hurts maybe uh even more. Definitely hurts some stuff. Uh let's not talk about it. And we are going into Wisconsin, which we'll obviously preview uh, the later episode of this week. Uh, any exciting NFL games happening today before we uh, sign this one off? What do we got? Uh, I don't know, but I'm playing golf with George because he's hurt and the Niners are in Arizona. So that's how I'm spending my Sunday afternoon. It's not bad. Not bad. Kevin, how's the rest of your day look? Uh, not too bad, man. I'm just going to get some breakfast in me here and then uh... – Watch a little NFL Red Zone for the final week of the regular season for fantasy, and you know, hopefully secure uh, the, the the first week by. We'll see. Yeah, let's get a little Kevin, fantasy. Make sure. How we doing? I'm, I'm playing Kevin this week, and I'm throwing the game. I'm not even starting a quarterback. Wow. Well, I think you're going to lose regardless. But uh, I was, you know, but now I can say that I threw it. And Kevin, that secures you a playoff spot. Uh, I'm already I'm already secured in the playoff, but I'm trying to get the two seed so I get that first round by. Mmm, tasty. I uh, Kevin, make sure you get your Traeger fired up because you know that it's a like a ten hour process for the slow roast. <laughs> I wish I had a Traeger boost. Speaking of Traeger, <laughs> talking about the text from this I still, I still can't believe they got Traegers for the bowl gift last year. Unbelievable. Kevin, you are a freaking bacon wrapped hot dog, dude, and that's all I have to say. Uh, this is Washer Pawtons. in a blanket. Yeah, dude, you're you're just a freaking bacon wrapped wiener. Um, and that's episode 169. A perfect way to end it. Everybody enjoy their Monday or Tuesday when you watch this. Hopefully, you're having a fantastic week. And we're rolling into the last week of the regular season. Hawks got a chance to beat the Wisconsin Badgers, who again didn't look that good yesterday. Scored 13 points in the last two games. Not great, boys. Not great. I was defense. Maybe chomping at the bit a little bit. We'll talk about it on Maybe Thursday. We'll get the bull back in the building. Yeah, we're gonna rip their heads off, shit down their necks, and bring the bull back to Iowa City. Yeah. What's his uh, What's his name? Doesn't he have a name? Didn't someone name him during our time? It was like, uh, shit, I forgot. That bull's coming home, boys. That bull is living in Iowa City for the next year. We're gonna talk about it on Thursday, episode one sixty nine of the Wash Up Walk Ons. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz. And I'm Lindsay Zarniak. And together we'll be hosting the On Her Turf podcast. This summer, On Her Turf is hosting a daily Olympics podcast that focuses exclusively on women's sports and the amazing women competing in Tokyo. We'll bring you interviews with Olympians and in-depth analysis on your favorite teams. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the challenges still facing women's sports today. So join us daily at On Her Turf as we cover all the excitement of the Tokyo Olympics. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow On Her Turf on Twitter and Instagram, too. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.